Welcome to the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you understand the Bible better so you can have a better relationship with God and what your pastor never told you.com, helping you navigate the end times so you can stand firm until the return of Christ. Get ready. This is not your average Bible study. This is not for the faint of heart. If it's controversial and in the Bible, we'll talk about it. We are unashamedly, unabashedly, and unpredictably bringing out the truth in God's Word. And now, introducing your dynamic hostess with the mostest. She's an international speaker, author, and self-admitted nerd for the Word, Dana Crosby. Are you ready to find out what your pastor probably never told you about the book of Revelation, chapter 5? That's coming up next. Make sure to visit whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com. Hey everybody, this is Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Welcome to Bible study today. We are in the middle of our wildly popular series on prophecy, end times prophecy, and we are going to be covering the book of Revelation chapter 5 today. As we got into in Revelation chapter 4, we're already starting to see some of the most hotly debated issues in Christianity, but we set some ground rules last time that I would encourage you guys to go back and watch those, but we want to make sure that we love each other and respect each other no matter which opinion that we come from, and I'm going to respect and love you regardless of if you disagree with me or not. But if you do disagree with me, or even if you agree and you have other scriptures you want to share, go ahead and post them down below in the comments down below. As long as your comments are respectful and are scriptural, then we'll go ahead and leave those in the comment section and you and I can have a dialogue together about this most amazing and fascinating book. And part of the ground rules is that we go ahead and have an attitude of humility when it comes to the scriptures, that we remain teachable and open to what the scriptures have to tell us. Also, the Bible teaches us that we see through a glass dimly. And so because these are prophetic books, we may not see entirely until they come to pass. And just so that we can all remember, there is probably 95 plus percent of our faith that you and I agree upon, even if we disagree slightly about whether one thing happens at the beginning of a seven-year period, at a three-and-a-half-year mark, or at a three-and-a-half-year mark past that. I mean, when you think about the context of we agree these events are going to take place, um, we may disagree about the um, timing of those things, but that's okay. We can still love and respect each other. So with that being said, I'm super excited about diving into Revelation chapter 5. As we saw in chapter 4, the Apostle John gets brought up in a vision into the heavenly realms. He gets to see what it looks like right in the throne room of God. It is awesome and amazing. If you missed that video, go ahead and click the link and you can watch that and then go ahead and come back to this video because of course each of these videos builds on each other as we work our way through the book of Revelation. So if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation um, chapter 5, we're going to begin, begin in verse 1. I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writings on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? So for those of you that are unaware, in old times, before they had books and the binding system that we had today, they would um, uh, the, the pieces of paper would be sewn together, attached to each other, and they would be rolled up into a scroll. And those of royal authority could, um, if they were going to send a letter to somebody, they could roll up this scroll, this letter, and they would take some wax and drip it on there and they would seal it with their ring to show who, um, by what authority this was written so that no one would be confused as to which authority it was. 
And then the person receiving the letter would be able to peel off that seal and know that no one else had tampered with the contents that were inside because it was sealed with the holy seal. So here we see this scroll that has been given and uh, the person sitting on the throne who we understand to be the father, father God sitting on the throne. And he has the scroll sealed with seven seals all the way down at seven seals. It says, but no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside of it. I wept and wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look inside it. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. So who is this talking about here? We're going to find out. Who is the lion of the tribe of Judah? Who is the root of David? In other words, the offspring of David, King David's line, ancestral line. It says he has triumphed and he is able to open the seven seals. Then I saw the lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. So we see he sees a lamb looking as though it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne. So we saw God was on the throne, Father God, with this scroll sealed by seven seals. And now we see the lamb who, of course, we begin to understand now the picture is this is Jesus. Jesus is the lamb who was slain for our sins. He was killed for our sins, but now he is no longer slain and he is standing at the center of the throne. And what is this showing to us? It's showing us that he has all the authority of God has been given to him because he's sitting on the on his father's throne. And we actually had seen that as he wrote letters to the churches in Revelation 3, that he said that to the one that overcomes with Jesus, that, he, that Jesus himself is going to let us sit on his throne, that his father has let him sit on. That blows my mind. That is just amazing to me and makes me always say, who is like our God? There is none like our God. Let's continue on. It says the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes. So of course, this is speaking in symbolic language. You know, he isn't actually a lion, but he is the lion of Judah. So he is he is the supreme one, the king. And here he is also represented by the lamb. In other words, the offering for our sins. But he isn't actually a lamb. It's symbolic of his, his representing the lamb. So the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So what do we learn from this is that the spirits of God have been sent out into the earth. And remember, Jesus told his disciples that it's better for you that I go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit to you. And, and Jesus said that I haven't left you as orphans, but he's sending a spirit to us. And we did a whole study on the Holy Spirit and how um, the how the Holy Spirit was given in at Pentecost in the book of Acts. And it wasn't just for the initial 12 apostles, but that it was for all believers. The Holy Spirit is for all believers. And if you want to see that teaching laid out from the scriptures, I encourage you to watch our series on the book of Acts because Jesus thought it was so important that the disciples not begin their earthly ministry until they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, that he told them, do not, he actually commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until, um, until you have received power. 
So the Holy Spirit is the power that we need to do the ministry of God. So we see here that he, that Jesus is the Lamb of God, but that he also has those seven eyes of the Spirit of God. So again, we see this unity in the Godhead that, you know, God is one, one in unity. And even the Hebrews, when they say their their prayer about God being echad, echad is the word for one, meaning unified. And we see that some people, you know, the Trinity is a hard topic or a hard concept to understand about how God can be um, both the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as distinct persons, but also one together. And it is hard. And how can we totally describe and understand God ourselves without being God? I mean, if we could totally wrap our minds about around everything that is God, um, we would have to be God. However, we do see as in the marriage covenant, he says that the two shall become one. And that same word is echad. And so we see that God can take two separate people and make them one unit make them unified. And that's what we see with the Trinity is that they are separate individuals, but they are one in purpose. They are one in motive. They are one in everything that their character, they are one in all of those different ways. But that's a topic for a whole other video because that we could go on and on about about the Trinity. But again, we see how Jesus is God because he's sitting on God's throne, but he also has the spirit of God as well right there. So it says he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So he's taking the scroll from the father that shows us that they are two separate individuals, because if they were the one in the same, it would be like he handed it from his right hand into his left. But the lamb came and he took the scroll from the father. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. So we see here that the prayers of God's people are reflected or symbolized in these bowls of incense that are a fragrant offering up to God, up to God in heaven. And so there's a symbolic reference here about the bowls of incense and there's an interpretation about what the bowls of incense actually are. So we don't have to guess about these things. And they sang a new song. Who's they? We're still talking about the 24 elders and the living creatures, the four living creatures. They sang, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. This is an amazing passage of scripture, and it tells us that Jesus has died for our sins, that he has purchased from all tribes all over the earth people to serve God, and that they that not only did he purchase us, but he has made us to be a kingdom and priests. So we are rulers and priests in God's kingdom. That's quite the place of honor that God has given to all of us because of the work that he has done, not because of our own deeds and our own work, but the work that he has done. Then I looked and heard the voices of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in 
in a loud voice were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, so here all of creation is saying this, saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. So we hear every creature in heaven and on earth those who are under the earth, whether it's, you know, the little creatures, the little scurrying ones that crawl under the dirt, you know, the moles and anything that's under the earth and those that are on the sea and in the heaven, everything that's in them. He's saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. What is this telling us? This is telling us that there are separate individuals, the one who sits on the throne, who is the father creator, and also the lamb who is the son, they receive the same praise. So they are equal in the sight of God, receiving the same praise. And it says, And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Wow, what an amazing picture of the glorious scene it is in heaven that's going on over and over in heaven, angels worshiping the Lord God and worshiping Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait to be there worshiping God in his presence, falling down on my face and just praising the one who is the holiest of all. How amazing. You guys, this concludes our reading for today, but I cannot wait to get into Revelation chapter 6 with you. So if you haven't, make sure to subscribe down below so that you don't miss a single video in our Revelation series of what your pastor probably didn't tell you about the book of Revelation. So we're going to be continuing that coming up in the next videos that are going to be released very, very soon. And so I just want to thank you so much for watching the series. Thank you for making it so popular. Continue to share these videos with your friends as you have been doing. It really helps to get that content out there for people so that everyone can be ready when Jesus comes back. Until next time, this is Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom Calls podcast. For more exclusive content, visit whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com. Sign up for emails and get updates. Also, there you'll find our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channels. Thanks for listening and join us next time.